maximize your sense of aliveness, gain new perspectives on health, your body, and the meaning of life. You can control your physiology and how you feel in your body in this moment. Your life will never be the same. This is the Vitality Podcast with Andrea Page. Okay, you don't have to say good things. You can say bad things also. I 
feel way more annoyed. I hate disco music. Anyone? That tells us you weren't alive in the 70s. Okay. All right. Beautiful. Well, welcome. Not much feedback there. Welcome, everyone. My name is Andrea, and you're here for the weekly community health talk. And so in this space, we start to engage critically with this concept of health. Health, that's it. What is health? Yeah. I'm the detox director here at the Yoga Barn, and I'm a naturopathic doctor, and amongst other things, I look at health. Right? And a lot of doctors today don't look at health. They're looking at disease, right? and they're dealing with disease. But my, my goal, a lot of the time, is to try to help people rediscover, first, what health is, and then, as a society, globally, I try to help people raise the bar on health. Whereas, health is no longer defined merely as absence of disease. Have you heard that before? I'm not sick, right? Got my health. At least I'm healthy. You're just healthy because you're not sick. Does that make sense? It doesn't really make sense to me. Because in my belief, in my understanding, and in my personal experience, I understand that there's a lot more to life than just not being sick. If any of you can remember what you felt like when you were like four, five, or six years old, right, what, what would you do when you woke up in the morning? Would you stay in bed sleeping like this? Like maybe some of you do today? <laughs> what would you do? You would get up out of bed, and you would go run around the house, and you would bother your parents and say, wake up, I want to play. What can I do today? How can I have more fun? How can I move my body? And experiment and allow this vitality that's running through me to express itself. Then, somewhere along the line, usually in our adult years, we grow up, right? Where first, that's not socially acceptable anymore, that kind of behavior, right? But secondarily, we don't often have that current of life force running as freely through us as we did when we were a child. Does anyone know anyone in your life who's like 50, 60, maybe even 70 years old and they act like a six-year-old? Like they're just awesome and they run around and they're happy and they can do anything? Really, no one? God, you guys need to get out more. <laughs> Let me hook you up with some people, okay? So this vitality isn't something that has to die with childhood. And that's a lot of the work I do in recognizing that. We have a special topic of conversation this evening. And the topic we're going to be talking about is congestion. Congestion. That one word in and of itself. Congestion. So we'll get there in a second. I have a little bit of an intro spiel that I normally give. And in that intro spiel, it includes telling you a little bit about my own biases. Because as a person, right, who's able to sit up here for like an hour and speak publicly for like 40 minutes of that, I probably have some opinions. And I find that it's really important that anyone who's giving a public speech kind of expose their biases so things are more fair, right? So I'm very happy to do that. I'll do that here at the beginning. I already told you I have a doctorate in naturopathic medicine. And naturopathy is a modern movement of something that I'm firmly rooted in, and that's something called natural hygiene. And natural hygiene is the original, essentially, healing having to do with the earth and the elements. Right? And it rests upon the sole underlying idea that the body has full capacity to heal itself. 
And I'll say that again because that's not something that you were taught in school. The body has full capacity, not only capacity, but capability and desire to heal itself. You simply have to allow it. You simply have to provide the time and the space, perhaps the circulation for grooving or whatever other kind of circulatory inducing exercise you choose. And when we host a healing force in our body, guess what? It happens like that. It happens like that. Okay? So that's probably my biggest bias, and I think that's a really important one for people to start to understand. Okay? Secondarily, though, I have lots of other biases having to do with, for example, the large intestine, the colon, with detoxification in general. I told you I was already the detox director. I have a big bias toward fasting, and that's something that we can talk a little bit about tonight. But I'm a career colon hydrotherapist. I'm the director of the colonics clinic here. And that has a lot to do with our subject, or our topic of tonight, relieving congestion. Moreover, I've been trained in different kinds of massage therapy, body work, right? energetic therapy as well, to try to uncongest the body. And not related so much to congestion, maybe a little bit, but I have a master's of science in something called ethnobotany. And ethnobotany is the study of the relationship between people and plants. My specialty is food plants, gastroethnobotany. So if that's something you're interested in, we can talk about it later, but it's not going to come up too much. Maybe it will a little bit when we talk about congestion. Okay. So from there, um, yeah, I'm feeling like, like you guys are a big room of people who haven't been here before. So what I want you to do right now is turn to the right or turn to the left and say, Hi, I'm Susie. I'm from Pakistan. What's your name? So do that. If your name's not Susie, don't say this. Clogged up, yeah. 
And the thing is that they're really close to the thymus at the heart, which has a lot to do with our immune system. But what do we humans do all day long? That, or this, maybe this, maybe this, right, maybe this. Very rarely do we have modern, socialized, appropriate human movements that are like this, right? But these are the kind of movements that we need to drain the lymph here, yeah? And these kinds of movements are so crucial. So you know what, next time you're walking down the street, this is my first task, I give homework sometimes. Next time you're walking down the street, go like this. <laughs> and when people start to like laugh at you or say something, you can say hi. And then that can lead to connection, which counters congestion. We're getting somewhere. We're getting somewhere. Improving lives. That's definitely one of my goals. So when we look at the human body, does anyone know uh, anyone who's perfectly healthy? Oh, you guys are really smart. That was a trick question. No one raised their hand. You were really smart. I'm impressed. Okay. Does anyone know anyone who's sick? Those guys who don't have your hands up, I don't know where you're living. Do drop me a note after and let me know. A lot of people in the world today are very sick. Right? And it's not necessarily like stage four ovarian cancer. It's not necessarily Parkinson's or Hodgkin's or whatever the clinical diagnosis happens to be. Because there are a lot of preclinical right, or subclinical, we say, kinds of diseases that manifest in the body before you could ever diagnose it in a medical setting. Right? And that's the work that I deal with. I'm also an iridologist. In iridology, we look at the iris of the eye, yeah, the colored part of the eye, and we see that that itself is like live brain feed. The iris is made up of nerves, nerve endings, that are telling you something about the innervation and the tissue integrity throughout your entire body. And so as we see something change in one part of the eye, we can correlate that to a part of the body. And we start to see, wait a minute, there's something going on there that now <coughs> is simply just congestion. But five years from now, that could develop into something that would be diagnosed in a clinical setting. Does that make sense? So I'm like your pre-doctor. Santa is your doctor. <laughs> he, he really is a doctor. Okay. So, <laughs> so when we look at the human body, in natural hygiene, we believe that all diseases are diseases of constipation. Right? Another word for constipation is congestion. When I say constipation, what do you think about? Poop. Thank you. My friends in the room were courageous enough to answer. Poop. Yes. You think about poop. You think about the lower bowel. But there's a thing that there's congestion and constipation in other parts of the body. For example, skipping menstrual cycles. Yeah, not having menstruation. I consider that a form of constipation. Not many women know, but actually our menstrual cycle is a big form of detoxification. Yeah, because, of course, every month, as an unused ovum is let out through the body, right, as the uterine lining is also let out, it's as if someone were leaving the room with a rubbish bin, right, 
and they were going to take out the trash, but then you had a little piece of trash in your hand, and you said, hey, wait, 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 take this out too. Doesn't that seem normal? It seems logical? Come on, I work with you guys here. Yeah, thank you. Okay, yes or no? If it's not logical, just let me know. That's exactly what your body does. Something's already coming out, and so that's a fantastic opportunity for the body to say, hey, wait, take this too, and detoxify. Any chance the body can get to flush or heal or cleanse itself, cleaning and healing are often the same thing, it'll take it. So if we don't have that menstruation, right, there's definitely some kind of hormonal malfunctioning, but moreover, there's also a big lack of detoxification, a la a constipation that's happening in the body. Does that make sense? All right. So constipation could also be like in your nose, right? if you want to breathe, everyone with me? In and out clearly through your nostrils, you need to have an open, clear canal. The moment there's inflammation right, in the sinus canals or in the nasal passage, the moment there's a mucosal buildup, mucus buildup, can we go like this? No, it's more like this. Can't get past there. And so, that air exchange, right? You know the gas exchange in your body? What do we breathe in? Come on. Did you go to year three? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Love her. Oxygen, right? We breathe in air, which is only about, like, really a very small percentage oxygen. It can be about 21%. Right? It has a lot of other stuff in the air as well. But that's what our body wants to use when we... But then the part that I'm talking about is the... The exhale, right? Because that's just like you're pooping or your period. You see that? Because what are we breathing out? Carbon dioxide. Thank you. You can come back. Anyway. Okay? Carbon dioxide, right? That's what we call a waste product of our human body. Right? The breath is also a vehicle for detoxification in the body. About five months ago or so, there was a study that showed that we actually metabolize and release fat cells through our Exhale. Can you believe that? Through our exhale. <laughs> yeah, I always say that we should start marketing pranayama as a weight loss class. Yeah? yeah? You guys are going to think a lot more about breathing now, aren't you? Yeah. So, wow. First of all, wow. We see that this is a main pathway of detoxification, the entire respiratory tract. So when it is blocked, that is a form of constipation, congestion. Right, we start to see these themes. All right, we're going to go on. Come with me. We're going to go inside of the body now. Inside of the body, we have different systems right, in our physiology. We also have different organ systems. The organs often work together. Right? We don't really have any organ that works alone. That's the magic of the symphony that is the human body. Right? In the symphony, you don't have just the violin section. You might have a violin solo for a little bit, but they're backed up by the cellos and the percussion and the windpipes and all those other parts of the symphony. Well, your body is the same way, okay? And so when we bring in something, anything, we better make sure that it comes out, okay? So inside the body, the clearest place to see constipation, you guys already mentioned it, it is indeed the large intestine, the colon, the lower bowel, those are all the same thing, don't let me confuse you, okay? And in the lower bowel, right, there needs to be removal. That's the most common form of constipation that we have. 
by my studies that are both epidemiological, population-based, as well as clinical in my practice as a colon hydrotherapist, I can tell you that most of the world, I usually say a percentage around 80% of the world today is constipated. And my definition of constipation probably isn't the same as yours, right? Yours might be like this. Right? Mine. No one laughed at that, really? You guys are a hard crowd. You're a hard crowd. Okay, my definition of constipation, I'll tell you anyway. My definition is going less than we're supposed to be moving our backs. All right? So how many times do you guys eat per day? You eat three, okay, that's a good number. That's what a lot of people usually eat per day. I'm not saying that's right or wrong, but that's the common, right? People normally commonly eat three meals per day. And so that means that thrice a day, something's coming in, okay? Well, along this line that we've been looking at, like for example, the air has to come in and come out, right? And so if something's coming in, wouldn't you think that it would be good that something also come out? Just take a second. So what that means is that we are actually supposed to be pooping once per meal per day. This should be news to most of you. News? This is news to me. Newscast, some of you are not being honest. <laughs> yeah, thrice a day. That's also something that you weren't taught in school. But it makes a lot of sense. If you think about it, something coming in, something goes out, just like babies, yeah, just like dogs, just like any other animal walking on this planet, something comes in, something goes out. This is one tract, right, from mouth to anus. It's made up of smooth tissue. It's muscular. And when you have a muscular impetus at one point, at one end, there's an echo of that muscular contraction all the way to the end that normally would push something out. But most people today are not pooping three times a day. Right? So even though you guys are a bit of a nervous group, I'm going to ask the question. Do I have any super pooper three times a day in here? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. I love you. All right, the colon hydrotherapist and the detox department intern. That was. All right, so that, that's evidence that we're doing something right, maybe, here. All right, the rest of you, I love you so much, and there's hope, I promise. All right, I'm going to give you a list that I like to give to many people. It's a list that's called How to Poop More. Okay? So if you're, if you're taking notes, you can write it down. The rest of you, you can try to mentalize it. Number one, how to poop more. Hydration. Hydration. Wait a minute, that's not only how to poop more, that's also how to clear up most congestion in the body. Flushing it. We'll come back to this, but hydration. The amount of water that we need roughly per day is about three liters. That's like four of these. This is not wine. It's water. Yeah? You guys really didn't laugh at that either. Oh my god, hard crowd. Am I speaking English tonight? Okay, so yes, three liters per day, that's the amount that your body will lose simply by waking up in the morning, more or less. So making sure to replenish that is crucial. This is the part where everyone starts to sneak in a drink. I love it. All right, second way to poop more, to squat. Yeah, we've been bioanatomically created to be pooping in this kind of position. I'll make sure to wear pants tonight. Can everyone see? It's like malasana and yoga. There's a lot of reasoning for that. Perhaps the biggest reasoning is because we have a muscle called the puborectalis muscle which wraps around the rectum. And that muscle is tight when we're standing or when we're sitting down. And the reason for that is so we don't poop in our pants. Thank goodness. 
But then as soon as we bring the knees up toward the shoulders, that muscle loosens, creating a clear passageway for everything to move through. There's a lot more reason why there's muscular engagement at the front of the thighs and the abdomen. Right? We're also tilting the rectal canal to a perpendicular angle to the earth or to a parallel angle to gravity, which really helps with pooping. And so squat, yeah, I've started saying in the past, I don't know, like month, that I want you to make squatting as much a part of pooping as pulling down your pants is. You wouldn't go to the toilet without pulling down your pants, right? Would you? I don't know. You guys aren't reacting. I don't know what I can read here, okay? Yes, you must pull down your pants to go to the bathroom unless you wear a diaper. You must also squat, right? Try it out. Anything I say to them, don't believe me, please. Because there's no such thing as, as everyone, one truth. We each have our own individual truths and in our way of seeing the world. And so again, don't believe me. Verify me. Let's see how it works out in your framework of truth. And try it a few times so it's a fair verification. So second way to poop more was squat. Third way to poop more is to simply give yourself time. To make time. To go to the toilet, right, when you don't even think you have to, because most of the time we've lost the call of nature, yeah, the peristaltic movement, that muscular impetus that I mentioned before, a lot of people's has atrophy, it's fallen asleep, right, and that's one of the many reasons why we're a bit backed up, congested, constipated, right, and so it's so super necessary to allow the body the opportunity, literally to open the doorway before we get that signal. And so what that means perhaps is like first thing when you wake up in the morning, maybe after 20 minutes after drinking some water or something, right? go to the toilet and squat there. I don't know, for five, 10 minutes, give yourself time and space. I'm a big fan of getting your mind off of things. So if you want to perhaps read a book, right? Or play games on your cell phone or check out everyone out on Facebook, like, 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 as you're liking, I'd say the jail guard leaves and the prisoners can escape. You see that? And that's super, super, super important. Once our mind leaves, the body knows exactly what to do. Okay? And so that's the third way how to put more. And I find that those three steps are quite a can't fail paradigm. Yeah? There are a lot more. Uh, idiosyncrasies to number one, however, that hydration, and we can talk about that as we go. But in general, we start to see that yes, indeed, there's lots of congestion and constipation in this area of most people's bodies, all right? And so, how to relieve that? Well, the list I just shared, right? There are other ways to relieve that. In fact, the best way to relieve really any kind of congestion in the body is to let the body do it on its own. I often, when I talk about fasting, I have people imagine that you had this new cool term, staycation. Have you heard of it? Staycation. It's where you have a vacation in your house. Super cool, right? Staycation. And in your staycation, what do you think you would do if you weren't allowed to leave your house, but you weren't working? Anyone? You, yeah. You would clean. You would take a break. All right? Both of these things. Totally. Maybe you would get around to all the piles of papers and the dusty cobwebs in the corner that you don't normally clean up in your everyday life. Right? That's logic. That's, that's what we would do. We try to keep a clean environment where we live. 
Unless anyone's really messy and they're happy to be messy. It's okay if you are. Perhaps now's not the time to come out like that. Okay, so if we have that logic of wanting to clean whenever we're giving time and space, guess what? The body does the same. And so as soon as we stop shoving things into our body, we give the body a break, all of a sudden the body takes the time and space to really heal and cleanse at a cellular level. Anything that's not used anymore, any old dead cells, right? Parts of our immune system, lymphocytes that are no longer able to work at their fullest capacity, they're simply recycled and released. Amazing. Guess what? Any kind of congestion in the body is also recycled and released during fasts. Yeah? So I'm going to talk to you a little bit from uh, an extreme tonight. Are you okay with that? I don't know. You're a bit of a quiet crowd. I don't know if you're going to be okay with extremes. Who's okay with extremes? Wow, you're a quiet crowd that's okay with extremes. All right, so we'll go to extremes. So in natural hygiene, what we do as natural hygienists is we water fast for weeks on end. Yeah, and the human body can thrive and survive for 40 to 50 or more days on water alone. Take a moment of silence because that was also something that you were not taught in school. Okay? That's a long time. Yeah, who gets to like 5 o'clock and they're like, oh, poor me, I haven't eaten today. Oh, come on, you guys, you, you gotta be honest with me. I'm not gonna judge you, I'm gonna love you even more. Yeah. Okay? Yes. So we have a lot of fear about this whole idea of not eating. That's very natural. I often start fasting lectures with addressing the root chakra, that area of fear, right? Because mostly it's, it's the unknown. It's not that it's scary. In fact, our body is programmed to go through cycles of feast and famine. It's built into our DNA. But the thing is that today we only have feast. We don't have famine anymore. And so the result of that, for sure, is that a lot is coming in and not a lot's coming out. This way, urinary way, breath way, to some extent skin way. And over time, the body does indeed get clogged and get congested. And so imagine if you were to put nothing but fresh cleansing, cleaning, flushing water into your body for like a month your body would have the best staycation that it could ever imagine. It would immediately, after a period of about two to three days, start going into deep, 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 deep cleaning work, okay? And over a period of time, maybe on day 11, you would start to have a spontaneous bowel movement, where even though you didn't take anything in, right, there wasn't any muscular impetus that started from here, your body was, over those 11 days, or maybe it's eight days, maybe it's 14 days, who knows, collecting everything it wanted to release into a formed stool. And then sometime on day 11, you would get this big overwhelming feeling of like nausea, like woo! And you would go to the toilet and there you have it. You would have a big old detoxifying release. Yeah? There's also these really cool things called <laughs> benzoar. This is, this is also extreme. There are things that people cough up when they've been on some kind of detoxifying regimen for an extended period of time. So that could be like eating fruit for one year, right? Only eating fruit and leafy greens. That's a cleansing diet. It's just about the most cleansing diet that you could ever imagine. Because those are the fastest digesting foods. 
So our body has to give the least amount of energy to them to digest and have the most amount of energy to be able to clean house. Right? So it's like a medium staycation. It's like a staycation where you're working for a half hour every day from home. Something like that. Can you imagine that? You would still have a lot of time to clean. And so the body does. And so benzoars are things that are coughed up and they're said to be from the respiratory tract. They're said to be toxins. And um, in ancient Arabic times, they were thought to be like really good luck and good omens. And people would, would collect these from people who had coughed them up and carry them in their pocket. Yeah, they're usually formed masses. It's kind of like poop coming out of the throat. Yes? No? You can Wikipedia it when you go home. All right? But for now, we start to see all of these indications that the body is actually healing itself, cleansing itself whenever it's given the opportunity. Yeah? We look at things like massive builds up, buildups of toxicity in the body. These are things like cysts, yeah, things that turn into maybe tumors, right? Collection of cancerous foci. Over time, these are indeed congestion in the body. And the unfortunate part of it is, like, for example, I know someone who just had a tumor, or not a tumor, but a cyst removed uh, from a part of her body, right? And in Western medicine, we would say, like, look, I removed it. It's gone. Job done. Right? But in holistic medicine, we very much understand that a cyst somewhere in the body indicates cysts more places in the body. Does that make sense? If there's toxicity somewhere, there's toxicity everywhere. So this whole, like, really small approach, right, or, or magnifying glass approach, this narrow approach, only looking at one part of the body, simply doesn't work. Because that's not how our body works, remember? It's a symphony. Yeah? So if there's a problem in the tuning of the orchestra, don't only go to the violin section. Perhaps go to the main tuner, go to the conductor, right? go to the entire symphony and tune everyone together. You see that? And so the greatest tune-up or tuning that you could ever have is simply allowing the body time and space to clear and clean itself. Because what the body will do then is prioritize. And you better believe that your body, more than your mind, is able to understand what's a priority. And immediately, when you start fasting, the body will send all of its healing reserves to that area and start to heal and cleanse on a cellular level there first, right? And then somewhere else next, right? And then maybe three other places after that. But the body knows what's best, and the body knows what's first. So if we're talking about uh, how to relieve congestion, now that we've talked a lot about congestion, I guess before we get to how to relieve, the last part of congestion that I want to mention, maybe can I mention three more parts? <laughs> All right, the last three parts of congestion that I want to mention are congestion having to do with mucus. This is a really good one. Right? So mucus, whether it's coming out through your stool, mucus, whether it's, again, in the nose, like maybe it's in the throat. Have you ever had that before? Yeah? Oh, she's like, what? Right? Mucus, maybe it's on the tongue. Have you ever noticed a coating or a lining on the tongue? In all of our programs here, we use tongue scrapers. Yeah? It's a classical Indian kriya, or cleansing technique, to remove that mucus from the tongue. Because you better bet, in that mucus, your body is releasing your body is detoxifying. Yeah? But what is mucus in the human body? We have to step back and ask this question. 
Well, mucus is the body's defense shield. Because where does mucus show up? Well, the very sensitive, porous mucous membranes. And so when you've taken in something, or perhaps breathed in something, that your body does not like and does not want, it puts up this defense shield over its sensitive, absorbative mucous membranes to say, I don't want that anywhere near me. Yeah? You guys really are a hard crowd. Where's Marion laughing on that one? Okay? So that, that mucous membrane, knowing about that, I was like going into Southern Black, like, girl, no? Oh my God, I'm never lecturing to this crowd again. Okay, so this defense shield, yeah? It's going to also pick up whatever's there to be released as you <clears throat> hack it out or blow it out or poop it out, right? Or scrape it off out. Does that make sense? So amazing way to release congestion. Quite often the body, anywhere in the body, mostly in the digestive tract, will produce mucus when you're exposed to something that it does not want. If you're interested more in this, I strongly recommend that you look up the Mucusless Diet Healing System by Arnold Erhard. He was one of the founding original natural hygienists. Yeah? Incredible man. Able to heal things that Western medicine isn't. Well, on like day 49 of a fast, he climbed a humongous mountain just to show that we have an inner source of vitality. And this is something I should probably mention. We talked about a vitality a little bit at the beginning of the lecture. A lot of the work I do is helping to unencumber the body so that we're not taking in as many things anymore that are producing mucus or producing constipation or producing congestion. And when we stop taking those things in, all of a sudden, the body can be more clear. But as long as we're taking those things in, the body will continue to produce more and more and more mucus, more and more and more congestion and more constipation. And over time, you better bet that this will turn into certain cysts, certain buildups, right? certain areas where your body just can't release. And so a way to flush this buildup out, definitely, is water. How many people drink at least three, water, three liters of water a day? All right, so at least more of you that poop than that poop, yeah? Okay. So the rest of you, you can talk to them after class and say, hey, will you take me out for some water? Okay. Necessity. You wake up every day and you wash your outside. How about the inside? Let's start washing the inside. Because it's from the inside that travels to the outside. From the inside is where disease manifests. My goal is that for some whatever reason, you guys have been brought to this room here tonight. And rather than leaving here and feeling like you don't have any ability or capability to control your health, my message to you is that very much you do. And every single decision that you make, every time you open your mouth, right, every time you drink something, right, that's a decision about whether you want to create congestion or relieve congestion in your body. Certain things like fruits and vegetables. You guys have heard that those are good for you, right? Yeah? We're not that far behind. Here. Fruits and vegetables. These are water-containing fibrous matter. These are things that bulk up the bowel movement and make us poop. These are things that stimulate peristaltic action. These are 
through a natural cleansing process. Chlorophyll, that's the stuff that makes plants green. It's plant self-made plant food. Yeah, it's almost like direct sunlight in action. Chlorophyll is one molecule different. It's molecular structure, chemical structure of chlorophyll. One molecule different than hemin, the color in human blood. And so if you're looking for a way to cleanse your blood, which this will take us into the circulatory system, you better bet anything green is that way. Yeah? So like green juice is super popular in Ubud. Who eats lots of greens, whether it's in salads or cooked vegetables, whatever. Yeah, look at that. You guys are gorgeous. Get at it. Yeah. Awesome. When we look at the circulatory system, it has two parts, right? This is like the fluids running all over the body. Right? We have the blood and we have the lymph. Okay? And the blood is of course something that needs to be circulated. And this is why exercise has become so popular today. Right? We like to move. Like I had you guys move a little bit and dance at the beginning. I'm getting sick of these lectures where I'm talking about health and having you sit there uncomfortably all the time. Right? So it's really important to me that we actually do something and dance a little bit so that it can be a bit more experiential. Right? Does anyone feel tingles, things moving around the body? You felt the heartbeat? Yeah, that's so important to have every single day of your life. Of course, we say that a lot of the disease coming out today is from our sedentary lifestyle. Right? Of course, along with our dietary choices, simply eating foods that weren't meant for humans. When we eat foods that weren't meant for humans yeah, on a biological level, that results in mucus. That results in buildup, congestion in the body. So as for the other part of the circulatory system, the length. This is one of the only systems in the body, it's the only part of the circulatory system that doesn't have a pump. And so, yoga teacher training students, how is the limb supposed to move? Come on, guys. Come on. How are you supposed to move the limb? She wasn't in my yoga teacher training. Did she know? <laughs> you can come back. You have to move, she says. Movement. Remember, I told you to walk down the street and go like that? Not, right? That's moving the limb. Yeah? Any kind of dynamic movement, any kind of upside down, ooh, I just stabbed myself with the eagle. Upside down movement is going to move the lymph. And the lymph can only be moved by your movement. Yeah? Maybe by your breath. If you try really hard, we're going to have questions in just a second, okay? So make sure that your movement is not just walking to the car and driving the steering wheel and picking up the cell phone and the fork and the mouse for the computer. Because right? that's not enough. This, in conjunction with the fact that people are so dehydrated today, chronically dehydrated, mind you, because it's not only that we're not taking enough water, it's also that we're dehydrating ourselves through the things that we eat and drink. You guys know, like, alcohol, right? Super dehydrating. That's kind of what a hangover is, right? You know things like salty food. Yeah, food that's overly cooked, dried or fried, all of these things are inherently dehydrating to the body. Something like bread. Think about it. We always think, oh yeah, fiber. But guess what? It's dry, and when you take it in the body, it literally has to absorb water from your body to digest. You see that? Dehydrating. Most of the things that are dehydrating for the body are also mucus forming for the body. And from there, we can also acknowledge the things that are really normal in the world today, like white sugar. 
and coffee. Maybe those three things together. Yeah, do I have any coffee drinkers in the room? Yeah? One cup of coffee dehydrates you roughly to the equivalent of four cups of water. So you can do the math depending upon how many cups of coffee that you drink. Right? Alcohol will dehydrate you to double its volume. So hydration isn't only about what we're taking in, it's also about what's taking away from us. Yeah? So with the massive, <laughs> massive epidemic of dehydration, with the fact that we're not moving nearly as much as we need to today, not breathing as deeply, you better bet that the lymphatic system is super congested. Yeah? My prediction, if nothing changes, which God Almighty, I hope something changes, that's why I give these lectures, is that 20 years from now, we'll see lymphoma, right? lymphatic cancers, at a far greater rate, maybe even triple or quadruple the rate that we've seen in the past. And this is directly to do with the massive dehydration and the massive lack of movement that people have in their life. And you guys are a little special case study here because you're yogis, right? And yoga, one of the reasons it's so popular is because it is one of the only exercises today that is so dynamic in that way that we're up and down and back and forth and twist and right and left. Right? Maybe also like an aerobic step class or something. But amazing inversions, priceless for the lymphatic system, for this drainage. Okay? So just that was a little bit on the lymph. I told you I'd tell you three more. Right? My third more would be fascia. It would be the myofascial system. Yeah? Any kind of stiffness in the muscles and the fascia, which are inseparable, is going to result in a clogging, a congestion. And it really needs opening to allow for appropriate circulation of the blood. Right? And circulation of the blood, I told you at the very beginning, blood brings what? Oxygen, life force energy, healing energy. Mandatory for life. And so as we can release any kinds of blockages or congestion, all of a sudden we have more blood flow through that area. We have less tenseness, so we're able to more dynamically move. Right? And we just simply can feel freer. Right? Like that six-year-old who jumped out of bed in the morning, ready to start the day. Retapped into his or her own inner vitality. Yeah, before I came here, just tonight, I had a session um, with, we have an amazing, absolutely astounding body worker in town right now. Uh, he's with us for a little bit, and I, I was gifted a session with him, and it was just superbly astounding. And we talked about the congestion in the body, that's what he tries to do, is release congestion. Super, super, super powerful work, because after it happens, right, you're like, wow. Wow, wow, and also, wow, and also, wow, I feel like I have more energy. Can you imagine that hunched up, tightened, maybe hunched over feeling? Doesn't feel like you want to be alive. And then, the last thing that I forgot to mention from before is this sense of vitality. Because this is something that you were all born with. This is your birthright here on Earth. And tapping back into this vitality, in my view, is a responsibility of us living beings. 
because it's been way too long that we've thought that we needed something outside of ourselves to give ourselves more or to make ourselves more. Right? But when Arnold Airhead fasted on water for 49 days and then climbed a mountain and was feeling really great, I think he proved us wrong. Right? And so you have to go to people like me who have fasted on water for months on end. And we can tell you that we feel incredible when we're in 20, day 20 something of a fast. Because we're tapped in to a sense of inner vitality, inner aliveness. This is prana. This is mana. This is chi. This is ki. Any energy healing system, any culture worldwide has a name for it. And yet, modern, secular society, we're so disconnected from it. We think that energy comes from the next Red Bull. Right? Or we think it comes from, I don't know, a meal. X, Y, Z. And so it's our responsibility to start finding our own inner source of vitality. Because when we can start living from that and stop relying on the external stuff, that's when we're going to be able to release the congestion. So any of these kinds of practices, like have you guys know Tai Chi or Qigong? Yeah? These are practices directly working with the energy. Maybe you also have energy healers. There are a dime a dozen in your wood. And energy healers will be able to block congested energy. Because guess what? When there's congestion on a physical level, there's congestion on an energetic level. And vice versa. When something's happening in the energetic realm, it's going to manifest physically in the body or emotionally in your life experience. And so, the topic of tonight, congestion, perhaps can take a little more of a forefront in your life from now on, where you start to say, hey, am I experiencing congestion anywhere in the body? Yeah, I always tell my yoga students, like when we're doing certain stretches, something like that in class, like if you guys do this now, do it right now. If that really hurts, then I say to people, guess what, you're dehydrated. You're dehydrated. There are things in there that are so backed up Right? It's creating perhaps a sense of inflammation. Or it's just not allowing things to move subtly and freely. Right? To drink a lot of water one day, right? and probably more than three liters on an empty stomach. Not all at once, but sip every few minutes. And then do that. And see how it feels. Again, don't believe me. Verify me. Okay? So other ways to release congestion. I've given you a lot of them so far. Really, really intentional body work, like the guy I just went to see, who knows what he's doing, right? And can really open areas. It's not always fun and pretty. It hurts sometimes, right? But if you're up for that, and you can, you can ask me for his number after class if you want it. <laughs> Other ways to relieve congestion. Water, right? Other ways to relieve congestion. That whole list I gave you on how to poop more. Other ways to relieve congestion. Fasting. Allowing the body to clean house on its own. Other ways to relieve congestion, eating more fruits and vegetables. Water containing fibrous matter. Fleshing the system. And whatever you think more is, double it, triple it. Because that's what I think more is. Other ways to relieve congestion. Movement. Dynamic movement all over the body, breathing more. Other ways to relieve congestion. Bowel cleansing. Colon hygiene, right? So that can be a home enema kit or something much more thorough, like what we talked this year. Gravity method colon hydrotherapy. 
whereby we are indeed flushing out the entire colon, and you also you get to see what's released. Right? I can't tell you how many times in my career I've had people say, "Holy sh! How did I have so much poop in me?" Right? It keeps him going and going and going. People who have been fasting for two weeks, and they'll come to me for their sixth colonic in those two weeks. You better bet that they're sh they're pooping a lot. Right? I don't feel called to curse with you guys tonight, so I won't. Right? They're pooping a lot, and when there's matter still coming out, six colonics in after not eating for two weeks. Right? That's a way to acknowledge. Wait a minute. There's a lot of congestion in our bodies, yeah? Um, I'm trying to think, there's this book, this great book by a colon hydrotherapist. Did you see it was in my office? It's called um, Poop. Inside Poop, it's called Inside Poop, so you can Amazon that later. Yeah? Scott, I think is his name, yeah? That shows to you a lot that we have a lot of inside poop. All of this congestion everywhere in our body, if it's mucus, or if it's actual fecal matter, right? Or if it's that benzoar, it's inside poop. And if we do not start cleaning it up now, today, yesterday, right, with the next breath you take and the next movement you make, then it's just going to continue to accumulate and accumulate. And this is the subclinical. Because if it continues to accumulate, later on your body will not be able to have a strong, healthy, working immune system right, if the lymph is backed up. Your body will not be able then, of course, to defend itself against whatever it is that's coming in. Right? And perhaps certain things will manifest in the body. And so it's our responsibility if we're interested in health, and obviously you are because you came to this lecture, to start to counter the congestion today. So we have a few minutes left for questions. You had a question. Um, Answer it. You remember what it is? Lymph. What is lymph? So the lymph is a part of our circulatory system, okay? And it runs throughout the body, yeah, through the lymphatic system. And so I was talking about lymph nodes here. You have lymph nodes here. You have lymph nodes all around the abdomen and behind the sternum in the body, yeah? And the lymph system does run up and down the legs and the arms. And so the lymph is a fluid-containing part of your body. So when we say that like 60 to 90% of your body is made up of water, you're not walking around with, what is this, water bottles in your thighs. You got that? I mean, people, we don't normally think about this. That water is flowing thank you, in your blood and your lymph. Okay, so it's one of the two parts of your circulatory system. All right, we don't often have a tangible feeling for it because it's something that stays inside of the body. It's not something like blood that comes out, right? You can think of any kind of pus that you've ever seen, right? That's a result of the lymphatic system, right? Um, yeah, and the, the lymph is really the host to, to your healthy, healing immune, immunity or immune cells. Yeah, I'm trying to keep it basic so that you can kind of attach to a little bit of that. Yeah. Does that help at all? Does that help everyone else? The lymph? Yeah? You can experience it if Michelle was doing a great example before where she was lying down with her legs up. Did you see? Yeah, that's a great position. It's called Viparita Karani. It's my favorite of the yoga asanas. 
Yeah, sometimes I prescribe this twice a day for 15 minutes to my patients. And you'll notice that when the lymph starts to drain from the legs, all of a sudden things like your ankles get really skinny. Yeah, the reverse of it, when you're on uh, the airplane, anyone, I, I think you've all taken an international flight since you're here in Bali, right? You landed in Bali, how were your feet? Swollen. There we go. So what we're happening, what's happening there is massive dehydration. And mind you, the lymphatic system is the system that figures out hydration in the body and maintains a hydrated body. Right? But what happens on an airplane? Exactly, nothing. <laughs> right? You sit there for a long period of time, usually sleeping, sitting, all these things in this position. Right? There's no movement, at least to a laying down position where things are a bit more even and the lymph can drain. And so because of that, lymph literally pools up in your ankles, in your feet. So you guys have experienced that, right? That you find that you have fat, swollen feet when you arrive somewhere? Yeah? So this is bringing the lymphatic system into your, your own kind of uh, tangibility. And so me on an airplane, you'll know if you're ever on a flight with me, I'll be the girl in the back who's like this with my leg up against the wall or like this on my neighbor in front of me's chair to try to get some inversion in the body. Yeah, or like on my own chair, laying down backwards with my legs and my feet are supposed where my head's supposed to be. Right? I'll be the one in the bathroom jumping jacks and yoga asana. Right? Because I'm trying to get the lymph moving. I'll also be the one who's drinking like this much water every hour on the airplane. I've been traveling transcontinentally for 10 years and I found a way to counter jet lag. It has a lot to do with hydration. Yeah? Awesome. I'll also be the one fasting on the airplane. So that's a little more about lymph and bringing it into your life. Anyone have any other questions about congestion? Yeah. I have a question about fasting. Mm -hmm. You know, people aren't able to do those long fasts. Are there shorter fasts? Oh, I love this question. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for asking. This is so important because I don't want to scare you guys into yeah, thinking like, I can't do a month fast. Yes, fasting is something super accessible. Thank you so much for asking this. Um, first of all, yeah. When, I mean, I give whole lectures on how to fast. We kind of did one last week, um, if anyone was here. But uh, when you talk about fasting, for sure, you can start with not eating breakfast. In fact, you can start with drinking water for breakfast. Imagine that. Rather than waking up in the morning and shoving in food to stop the fast, stop the detoxification that's happened overnight, if you were all of a sudden supposed to flush it instead. Does anyone know anyone who wakes up super grumpy? And they're like, oh, I cannot talk to you until I have my coffee and my cake. <laughs> you know someone like that? Maybe you are someone like that? Yeah, like, give me breakfast. Shut up, I can't talk to you, yeah? Well, guess what? That person then usually eats or drinks their coffee, and then, you know, then they feel better and they can socialize with you. Well, guess what? That person, over the night, once their body finished digesting dinner, they went into a fast. This is why we call that morning meal break fast breakfast. You see, at least in English. All right? And so we are acknowledging that we are indeed breaking that fast from the night before. Well, instead of breaking the fast when the detox symptoms come up in the morning, because that person's usually grumpy, right? A bit irritable, maybe they have a headache, right? All these things. These are symptoms telling us that the body is detoxifying. It's actively detoxifying. But instead of taking water and flushing out whatever their body is releasing, what do they do? They go and eat or they go and drink, thereby suppressing the detoxification, suppressing the symptoms, and going on day after day, more dehydrated perhaps, more congested perhaps, 
and check back in with that person. Maybe it was a boyfriend or a girlfriend that you had 10 years ago. See how they're feeling now. See if they have any sense of that six-year-old inside of them ready to jump out of bed and just be active and alive. Because that's a big marker. That's a big marker. Vitality is a big marker. And I know some people are more energetic than others. Some people are Geminis or have a lot of Gemini energy, right? They're like skippy and jumpy, right? Some people are just like small and petite and like really energetic. Right? But we all have this capacity to be free and uncongested inside of our body. Right? And so it's just about time that we find it, commit to it. So we're five minutes over. I won't hold you guys anymore. Thank you so much for, for sitting here. You, you seemed like you weren't having fun. But it's okay. I hope you took something home. Um, please do. Don't let the conversation continue. I mean, don't let the conversation stop here. Um, I have a page on Facebook where you can follow. And every day I'm posting new information, new studies, new reminders about health so that you can continue to investigate upon this path. So you can come up here, write it down, or take a picture and join later. I also answer any um, messages that are sent on this page personally. Uh, if you wrote me last week, I still haven't gotten to them. We were finishing the yoga teacher training. But uh, I do answer them eventually. So if you have any requests for future topics or anything like that, you're welcome to write me here. If there was any question that you have that didn't get answered, please ask it there. I know we're in time constraint. That's always fun. Um, and as for your question of if people can start less than a month fast, right? Yes, for sure. I'm a big proponent of juice fasting. And um, I think that juice fasting is a safe, modern way where people can just start to get in their body. Yeah? Uh, you can't do too much wrong. Come back another week and I'll tell you more details about how to do it on your own. Uh, if you feel like, you know what? Yes, today is the day I want to start uncongesting. You can come join our three-day cleanse program where I'll guide you through a juice fast. Um, we have our next intake starting tomorrow, so if you're interested in that, you can come talk to me, or better come talk to Katie. She's our awesome detox intern there in the back. Um, and on that topic, we're also accepting applications for a new intern to start quite soon. So if you're interested in spending a lot more time with me and the detox department and learning more about this stuff, uh, don't hesitate to come talk to either one of us about that or write on the Facebook page. And then last comes to least, or least comes to whatever that phrase is, I have a mailing list where I'm going to send out newsletters every month and I'm going to send out my next one in like a day because I'm already a week late. So you can come and leave your email here and we can stay in touch. Um, and also if I'm coming to your country, then I'll send you a message and say, hey, want to hang out? Yeah. So come and leave your email here if you'd like. Um, and the last thing that I have to say is that you guys are perfect and you don't need to change anything. Right? It all happens from consciousness, from awareness. And so hopefully through tonight, we've started some awareness, right? And the next step forward is to just continue being yourself, and you'll notice that you'll want to do different things naturally. All right? So have a beautiful night. Enjoy your time in Bali. And drink lots of water. Yeah. Thank you. You're so welcome. You're very welcome. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Vitality Podcast. Please click over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review to spread this work with the world. You have a part in transforming humanity's health. Keep enjoying this free resource and make sure to give back by sharing, subscribing, and checking out all of Andrea's work at liveforvitality.com, where you can find links to Instagram and other social media.
Andrea also gives astrology readings, holds online fasting retreats, and teaches detox courses and advanced yoga teacher trainings. So come to liveforvitality.com and let Andrea transform your life now. Now. 